Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Today's guest is coming from Florida, Sherry Cedar. Sherry, how are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Griffin. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, well thanks for coming on. And uh, I, I want to really uh, lean into the importance of the janitorial team and what you guys are doing here at AK Building Services. But before we get into uh, that topic, because I know a lot of people are really curious about your experience going from pre-COVID, the relationship with your clients, and then post-COVID, the differences there. But uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and your unique story getting into facilities management? I definitely have a unique story. My husband was born and raised in the janitorial services industry in Florida. So we always knew that was in the background. But when I met Mark, I was a TV producer. I have a master's degree in broadcast journalism. And I did documentaries and reality show and news production. So for Bravo, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Mystery Diagnosis for Discovery, Worlds Apart for National Geographic Channel, I had the opportunity to produce an Oprah's Favorite Things. And now I run a commercial cleaning company. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a natural transition. And all, uh, so I've got a very close group of uh, female friends here in Atlanta that you mentioned Bravo. And now they're going to be starstruck that I spoke to one of the producers of (laughs) The Real Housewives. So, uh, I mean, that is incredible. And I'm going to certainly bring that up the next time we get together. But uh, (laughs) talk to me about this transition, because uh, I will be honest, you were the first that has made that transition (laughs) into the janitorial and facilities world. Well, the the short version is, I think, living in Manhattan and my husband had always wanted to be, you know, independent and run his own company. So he went from the finance world and bootstrapped it. We moved to Florida. He bootstrapped it and started AK Building Services. And as he was building the company and the company was growing, he would look to me for advice on certain things, whether it was you know, really everything in the company. And I think we just reached a point, a tipping point where I was like, oh, well, I might as well just put all my efforts into the company yeah. um, and grow it with him. So, and I think also having, there's a, a life expectancy when you're working full throttle in television and having two children, I was like, this is bananas. Like, I yeah. can't keep this up. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, it was a gradual transition. I think there was an aha moment where I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to pick up another camera. I don't want to do another, you know, 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. shift on set. I'm done. Give me an office. What do I do? (laughs) And I think that's the, I mean, it's an incredible story, but going from just having that aha moment to now where you're at and it's been full time. How was that? How was the transition initially? Uh, did, was there a natural, okay, I've been doing this part time for you know years now, and this just seems to fit naturally? Or was there a struggle from the get go of what exactly do I do? Because I've never done this. How could I help? 
Okay, so let's be totally honest. It is much sexier to be a TV producer. Like there is <laughs> no question. <laughs> so initially when Mark was growing this business and wanted me to join forces, I was like, eh. you know, to me, I didn't, I just saw it like, oh, I don't really want to do janitorial and I'm not belittling it. But to me, the excitement of journalism, like the adrenaline pumping, mm -hmm. getting out there and learning a story wasn't there. But when my mind, when I started to shift and to really understand the importance of the business, how incredible the people are, the value of like assisting companies to prosper and do really well, and the creativity of business and building a team, like then it was a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Once you actually dug a little deeper and peel back the layers, if you will, where you understood exactly what the impact that those services and the janitorial teams, the impact they have on an overall business, that that's where it gets exciting. And you're right, it's it's not sexy. And if you're, you know, at a cocktail party, I don't think everyone's gonna be, you know, running over to ask about your career in the janitorial world, probably more so in the producing space. But the impact is certainly there. And I think that's something where if someone just gives you an opportunity to say, here's what you're doing and what the impact is, that's when it really gets intriguing. And what, I mean, everyone listening to the podcast is really passionate about is not only just, all right, I am doing my job nine to five and I'm going home, but just like the grand, uh, the again, going back to impact, the big picture on what facilities and operations has on any sort of business out there. Oh, it, it's so important. And, and I know like everyone's talked about COVID to death, but really the importance of COVID for the janitorial services industry was just to raise awareness of how important to have a healthy, clean building is. And not for just, you know, psychological, because we all know you function better in a clean mm -hmm. space, but really to keep people healthy. So janitorial, we were like the low people on the totem pole as far as vendors go. And now there's a recognition and a pride that comes along with it because we're important. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess with that, I want to go into what you guys specifically are doing at AK Building Services because everyone talks to culture and they talk to their people. But you mentioned before we hit record an interesting story about uh, the culture you have and that leading to uh, what was a millionaire leading into a, a month, full month notice. But uh, before we go into that, I guess tell me a little bit more about what AK, uh, the culture that you guys have fostered um, not only internally, but with your clients there. We take a lot of pride in what we do at AK Building Services. And we like to partner and advise our customers. And we really try to instill that pride in all of our area managers, our cleaners, our team members, and all of our employees. You know, it, what you do is you're creating a healthy environment for your customers. You know, you're helping a business support them in everything that they do. And I think when people have pride in what they do, that trickles down into every facet of the business. And, and that is just so important. You know, we keep businesses running. We're eyes and ears for the business. Everyone plays like a vital role in that operation. And when they understand that, they're doing more than just mopping. Yeah, that translates into excellent service and pride. Yeah, and I think that's, as a leader, it's understood. But the difficult part, in, in my experience, in my opinion, is getting that to be that buy-in at every level of 
you're not, to your point, you're not just mopping. You have an overall, you have a bigger impact and a bigger role in this organization for not only us, but for our clients. And so I think that's something a lot of people struggle with is not only saying it, and, but having it accepted and that being part of the culture. So what has been the secret sauce of AK to get that buy-in at every level to really show, yes, I am having an impact. I, I do play a big part of this team and having a big impact on our, our company. Well, I think it's an, it's an ongoing journey to always improve, right? Because in our industry, you have a workforce that is really, to some extent, they work alone. Mm-hmm. They work at night in a building, in a facility. So how do you instill that when you have a, a sort of segmented workforce. And that's hard. So what we do is with our managers, I mean, we meet regularly. I have a four o'clock huddle every single day with our managers on Zoom. Hey, what's going on for tonight? And you know, that huddle recharges and inspires, and then they bring that down to their team. We do site visits and talk to employees. You know, many people, the owners of the company don't make it on site to talk to their cleaners just to say, thank you. We're really, what you do is amazing. We try to run contests, like how clean is your cart? And people put in pictures and then, you know, the winner gets a gift card or we share everyone's. So everyone has pride in what they do. Yeah. No, that's, and it's visibility across the board. And and I think one of the details that I don't want to skip over is leadership being actively involved. And that's something where you can't just, you know, say it from the mountaintop, Hey, here's what you should be doing, but being involved and, you know, helping out when you can and asking questions and being a resource. And that is something where it's, it feels like it's more collaborating than it is telling. It is. And we, for better, for worse, have an open door policy. And I say for worse, because sometimes you're like, oh my God, there's a lot of phone calls, a lot of doors coming in, but we have an open door policy. And we really want, if someone has a concern, if somebody has something they want to talk about, like we want to hear, everyone's a person. They're not an employee number. They're people with real lives and families. And I think once you know your employees and you respect and have a mutual respect, that goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. And um, something that I want to go back to is that partnership and the movement from pre-COVID, you're, you know, low man on the totem pole, if you will. And then that post-COVID, now you're that partner. And I want to take it to that next level, looking ahead, where I don't want this, uh, frankly, I don't want this to be just a trend where it's, all right, we're a partner now, but after five years, it goes back to the way things are. How do we maintain that partnership and how do we continue to leverage our expertise in the field as the eyes and ears and not go back into the way things were? Well, a few points. The first point being is a janitorial service provider is not just cleaning, right? They're the eyes and ears. We are the eyes and ears of your facility after hours. And so what does that mean? Well, we... We clean branch banks. We had one of our employees find a bag of money sitting outside of the vault. And the employee called the area manager. They immediately called the branch bank manager, and it was turned in. Like, that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. We had another employee, one of the, I guess, one of the attorneys worked in this multi-tenant building, walked out, 
fell down and had a heart attack. Our area manager gave him CPR, called 911, and saved his life. Wow. Okay, third story. You know, there's a leak in your building. And our team, they see a leak, they immediately call. You know, if you don't call, some, they're going to come in the next morning in their facility and they're going to be flooded and have tens of thousands of dollars in damage. So to your point, how do we continue that relationship? I think with our customers and, and everyone's customers, they need to know there's a partnership that goes beyond, you know, that goes beyond just cleaning. We're an extra layer of eyes and ears for your building. That yeah, goes a long way. It absolutely does. And and I'm sure, you know, those are three stories that come to mind, but I'm sure there's countless stories like that and even smaller ones, right? And it doesn't have to be saving tens of thousands of dollars or literally replacing a bag of money. That's not the lottery story I was referring to. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, it is creating that partnership and that level of communication and transparency there. And that's something where I think that's another big pain point a lot of people have is that there is a lack of transparency uh, in the industry because they are going out in the middle of the night and it's just, I leave my office and I come back and it's clean and that's the expectation. And the only time I notice it is when it's not that way. Mm. And so that's another question I had for you is like, how do we go from just being invisible and not having to rely on these, you know, epic uh, sort of situations that pop up and, and we have to come to the rescue. But how do we maintain that sort of relationship and be top of mind without, you know, actually collaborating and being in person at all times with the people we're helping? I think it's really important with your customers at the beginning of a relationship or even ongoing to be there in person as a manager, to talk to them, to be front of mind, to make sure they introduce the cleaners to them so they know who they are as humans. So they're not sort of these robotic people who come in at night and you never say thank you, right? But whether there's one little like piece of paper that somebody's stuck in a planter to yeah. see if they can nail you, if you touch that spot, you know, we want to get away from that and say, wow, you do a great job every day. But, you know, hey, I noticed maybe there's some dust bunnies you may have missed because everyone's human. You know, we're not robots yet. Yeah. Um, so I think by humanizing the process and introducing the cleaners to know as human really goes a long way because when you like somebody, you know, your relationship is different with them. When you have a relationship with somebody that changes the dynamic. So that is the constant battle in the janitorial services industry is to create those relationships and recognize who people are and, and you know what, just say thank you. Yeah, That goes such a long way. And, and it ties together to what you guys are doing internally, you know, fostering that culture of appreciation and transparency and just being there as leaders all the way down, but also going on to and talking through that relationship with your clients. Like that's also going back to relationships and setting the foundation of transparency, building those relationships to make sure that we're all on the same page and we're all human and we're here to help you out. And that's something where it's clearly resonated on both sides, both your internal team as well as clients that you're working with there. Well, let me tell you the lottery story because this is a testament to our culture. One of our employees won the lottery. 
I thought he won a million dollars. My husband thinks he won four million. Regardless, that's Regardless. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll take that, right? <laughs> we employee wins the lottery, and I'm like, oh, they're out of here. Like, come on, right? You're an hourly worker. You're out of there. But no, he was amazing. He said, you know what? I want to train my replacement. I want to make sure they know the facility very well. I'm going to give a month's notice till I know that my facility will be okay. I about fell over. I said, yeah. wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Who does that? That I, I could tell you, uh, I would like to say in this chair without it being a real scenario that I would like to do the same thing. But uh, when it's reality, um, I, I might be out a little sooner than that. But uh, again, to your point, it does, it does speak to the culture there. And uh, that is a good segue here because that is in janitorial in that world. There's a lot of turnover, uh, not often for the lottery, uh, but there's a lot of turnover involved. And so what are you guys doing to document and capture that tribal knowledge and I guess pass it on to replacements and new hires uh, as you guys grow? It's a good question. Yes, I will say within the relative to industry standards, we have a relatively low turnover rate. That mm -hmm. said, it's what the industry is. I think well, one is we have a dedicated quality assurance and trainer on staff, and we have a dedicated recruiter. So when people are onboarded, we have a process to, to teach and to train. And we do not just throw somebody onto a job site and say, go. I mean, there has to be training. Um, and we also have cross-training among our teams. And we have a, spe a special projects unit who can help cover. So there's the ideal scenario is to have a transition time. You never want someone just to sink or swim because you know what? They get frustrated and angry. They quit. Um, in this, when, when you train somebody and you invest time which is money, you want it to be a success. Um, for your client, you want them to see the same face all the time. People don't like seeing new faces because there's a trust that's been built. For the other cleaners on the team, you know, they want consistency and your area managers don't want to have to train again. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a win-win across the board. And it, I imagine, can be tempting to just hire somebody and plug them in immediately because then they're at work and they are getting, they're completing tasks and they are helping out from day one. But you guys are taking an interesting approach where you're taking a step back and doubling down on that training. And uh, I imagine that culture is created from day one where it's not, you're in the field, you are training, you understand how we do things. And that just, I, to your point, uh, has seemed to reduce the turnover relative to the industry. And that's, that's important because you need continuity to, to help your clients and to continue to grow there. Yeah. If you are in the janitorial services industry, your people are your greatest assets, right? Our team is our greatest asset. So we treat our team as such. It's really important to recognize that. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Uh, all right. So I've got one last question for you and, and I ask everybody, and that is who or what has had the biggest impact on you and your career? So I live in South Florida and I'm a runner. And my previous running partner was CEO of an airline. 
and we were training for a marathon together. And he taught me so much during this transition period. I mean, wow, like I would just ask questions about leadership, about how you handle this situation. He would tell me stories and I mean, it was, I, I just soaked it in like a sponge. You know, it was amazing. So that's who, I'm not going to say who, but that would credit, I would credit that person. That that's incredible, and I imagine uh, training for a marathon together. You had hours <laughs> to to hours. kill as you were going. <laughs> that would actually uh, get me excited about running. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, we that's a lot of time together, a lot of days together. But I really, um, truly enjoyed our conversations, and I don't think it was deliberate. Like, oh, let me pick your brain, you know. It wasn't like that. We would just talk and talk about business and talk about life. And I always came away from every run having learned something really valuable, a valuable life lesson. That's incredible. Uh, I need to find a running partner like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Sherry, uh, thanks again so much for coming on. This has been absolutely incredible uh, talking about your story with AK Building Services. And I could tell you this is the first and most likely the last conversation I will have with somebody that has made that type of transition from entertainment into facilities and janitorial. But uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on the store on the uh, on the podcast and uh, be good. Thanks, Griffin. And great job. I hope you get out there skiing soon. <laughs> I, I could I could assure you I will certainly be doing that this year. <laughs> take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.